Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, we're hanging out with a very, very good friend of mine and a repeat podcast offender, Mark Gutman of Wild Story. He does, uh, he's got a brand strategy and design studio agency. He's done a lot of amazing work in the outdoor and adventure space. Recently, been doing a lot of B2B tech. Recent client, Cold Quantum, just sounds impressive. Love to, to see. I, I've, I've gotten a sneak peek of some of that work, and it's uh, it's outstanding. And so I'm, I'm proud to welcome Mark back to the show. Well, Brent, thanks for having me. I kind of feel like I should have, like, I think it's my third time. So, well, I hosted once. I don't know if that counts. So, like, like, do I get a three-timer jacket or like a four-timer jacket? Like on Saturday Night Live, when you host like a bunch, you get like the seven-timer jacket. But I think maybe I should get like a four-timer jacket or something. I mean, I could say yes, but you don't really get a jacket. I don't have a jacket for you. But. Mm. Well, as your branding consultant, I <laughs> advise you, your unofficial branding consultant, I advise you to start the four-timer club and the five-timer club and for your repeat guests. You're a Strava guy. So you have like your, you know, you could become like a, a segment leader or whatever they call it, a local legend, right? <laughs> We're going to win. Your episode's going to have like a little crown next to it, like a local legend. He rides here often. Everything needs to be gamified these days. So yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I like it. We were we were chatting a little. I mean, one of the reasons I love having uh, having you on, uh, not just any repeat guest, is is I, I think that your your agency story, like all of our stories, right, all of our entrepreneurial stories, like continues to evolve. And you know, I think a lot of agency owners think that they see a successful agency out there, right? They maybe go to a website, like, oh man, this person has all these cool clients. They must have just woken up one day and it all was like working. And I think, you know, between having you on a few times, Phil Lockwood, Keith, some of our mentors, uh, it's cool because we get a little bit more behind the scenes. Like we get to follow follow the journey a little bit. So I know in the intro I said you were you were doing a lot of outdoor adventure stuff and now you're doing a lot of B2B stuff. I mean what's what's the um what's the niche pivot? Yeah, well, and I, it's interesting. Like, I think if I could go back and talk to my younger self, right? There's this illusion or this myth that I'm gonna we're we're gonna get to some place of stability, a set it and forget it. That we're gonna get to this level where it all just sort of works itself out, and we're just kind of you know on this nice kind of trajectory that's just nice and even. And you know, I can certainly say that that's not been my experience, and, and especially even more so in a creative uh, agency because. You know, so much of it. I mean, you know, we work on processes and 
and and and uh, delivery and things like that. But literally, so much of it is also determined by the cultural zeitgeist of what's going on in the world, and that's always shifting, right? Like constantly. And so uh, there's that ebb and flow, and I think that's what is really exciting to most people in this space. You know, we get to interact with the world and react to the world, and the work that we do is is really based on what's going on right and a lot of times we think we're the most clever when we tap into you know the the latest sort of joke or trend or meme of of the moment and so you know just that alone creates sort of a a volatile space but but then again i think that you know uh, and i'm sure we have a lot of game of thrones fans out there that you know business in general is very games of throny you know it's very like you know you're always making the next move you're always trying to you know, outmaneuver your competition. You're trying to to produce, you know, the most value you can to your your clientele. That that idea of value often changes. Um, and so, with, with all that being said, you know, my 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 journey is really, you know, about evolution. And and I think you know, you use that word. And if I could go back and talk to my younger self, it would really be about like that that if you stayed and I think it was like Mike D in the Beastie Boys documentary said this he was getting called out for he was getting called out for some some lyrics he had that were you know you know immature uh and 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 a bit you know you know pointed towards women not not the best right uh but he was like look I was 18 when I wrote those and if I was the same person today as I was when I was 18 I'd be I'd be a pretty boring person I've evolved and you know he's taken ownership and you know insights that hey that I don't think that way anymore. And I, and I think that really is, is how I look and, and, and starting to apply that to, to my to my entrepreneurial journey, to my agency, to my work, is that it's all about evolution. And if I'm the same person today as I was last year, two years ago, like I'm a pretty boring person. And so what does that mean? You know, I think we talk a lot about how important it is to niche in the creative space. And, and I don't disagree. However, you know, one of the things I've always had a challenge with when it, when it comes to niching, and I think a lot of people do as well, is this fear of commitment, this fear of like, hey, this is the only thing I'm going to do. I'm going to be like locked into this, this niche and this perspective. And, and, and it took me a really long time to, to overcome that. And my natural network was the outdoors and lifestyle. And so I started building uh, a business around that. And, and I do like working with those businesses. But much like the rest of my life, I have a lot of interest outside of the outdoors and lifestyle. And what I realized too is that like I'm just really interested more so in business. I'm also interested in people and 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 what they're really excited about and and trying to get excited about what other people get excited about. So you mentioned, you know, over the last year with the pandemic, I kind of fell into working with some other international agencies that specialized in B2B and tech. And and I was like, wow, wait a second! Like, I really like working with these people that are that are um, you know working on some of these really just innovative solutions. Everything from like software that helps detect uh, weapons at schools so that we can be safer, or fintech for for Gen Z. And most lately, I'm working and helping rebrand a, a local company here in Boulder that I'm really excited about called Cold Quanta, and it's all about quantum computing. And if you've ever just go ahead, Google, and you're gonna go down a rabbit hole <laughs> and, and of like what is quantum, and it's it's crazy, right? It's like this, it's this next technology. It's like you, as soon as you think you understand it, it makes my head hurt, and it's awesome. And I love the people and what they're trying to do, and they really uh, believe in their mission. And it's been a real pleasure working with them. And so, yeah, I've been finding a lot of excitement 
uh, and energy working with those with those businesses. And quite frankly, you know, those businesses just have better budgets. They they're, they're they're a little bit easier to work with. Also, you know, we if you work in a niche where that's very popular, like outdoor lifestyle, everyone's got a niece, everyone's got a uh, a nephew that uh, just got out of art school and will do it for free. It'll do it for <laughs> you know five bucks or do it for whatever. And so we, we just don't really um, have that uh, in, yeah. the, in the tech and the B two B space. And so just being transparent there, you know, when I start to do my guy and my Venn diagrams and all that, like, right, like, you know, you want to work with clients that, that need your services and um, have good budgets and where I can really make an impact. So we've been doing a lot of that. And that's a long answer to your first question. <laughs> Lots to unpack there. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. I think the, like what I, I mean, kind of I take from that is that there's at the core agencies, especially brand and, and strategy and web, you know, and, and design agencies, right? There's, there's still an element of creativity and creativity isn't always nice and orderly and like, oh, we do this, then we do this, and then we do this. It's like, there's a, there's a process to it where it's almost like, there's kind of this ball, this messy like ball of of you know not really sure and a little bit of experimentation and then finding your way through effort and I think that the that conversation of of creativity and also of, of niching is um is is very relevant. I mean, I'm on my thirteenth niche. I mean, I when I sat down to write get rich in the deep end. And I was writing a book about how to successfully own your market and uh, for an agency. I mean, I, I one of the first questions I, I wondered to myself was like, well, what was my journey to, to the niche that I've now spent the last 10 years focused on? And I was like, well, I worked in, you know, you know, no market any, anybody can be my client to this market. To, and some of them were like little stops. Like I was a tourist. Like I, I went and, you know, would go to a conference or two. Right. But I wasn't waking up every morning, like thinking about that, that persona or that market. And, and I think now you've kind of gone through a couple of iterations of that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I think it's a, you've got to experiment, you've got to move. I think what's challenging is when that like leads to paralysis or that creative resistance shows up and you can't, you know, you can't market your business because you're just like, not sure. You're like, oh, maybe one day I'm gonna do this one day, you know, and you just kind of sit in indecision, right? It's like, that's where I think it can hurt people. Uh, really, really badly, but I think doing the work is 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 forward progress, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I think you might have even said it to me a while ago. Um, I mean, one of the things that gave me just confidence was like, hey, you can take other clients, right? You just might not be advertising initially to be. You know, when I'm when I'm you know doing a lifestyle and outdoor niche, you know, that's those are the shows I'm going to. Those are the Sort of networking events I'm going to. Those are the, the those lead in my cape stack. But you know what? When someone comes knocking another agency and they say, "Hey, we got a B two B. You want to do it?" And it sounds interesting. Yeah, sure, I'll do it. And for a while, I didn't. I just didn't talk about it. Right? I was just collecting that work, 
and experimenting when I could and finding what I enjoyed and what I liked. And hey, is this process that I've built, is this approach that I've built, does it work here? And, and do I like it? And you know, the answer was, yeah, I do. But it very well could have been like, no, like, like I don't want to work with B2B and no one would have been any of the wiser. And I would have, you know, delivered, you know, the the promise and the value that 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 I, you know, deliver for clients. I would have done good work. And then I could have decided going forward, I don't want to take those clients anymore. But um, fortunately, it's just uh, something I really, really enjoy doing. What's, you know, is it, what, I guess, what do you, what do you enjoy? You mentioned earlier business and people, because sometimes I feel like that's in the niching conversation that that's maybe overlooked, that we put too much emphasis on like what the market is, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like I kind of like, I'm like, I don't know, like I, I enjoy working with people that are smarter than me, that are working on fun problems, that are working on things that are related to growth and scale. I think it, it for me, like agencies are a great fit because it, you know, agency owners are always working on different problems and in different markets. And there's some, there's enough commonalities that I can get good at it, right? But you know, if I was if I was helping dentists and getting results like I was with agencies, like I don't know, like maybe I'd be okay with it, right? Like, is there is there an element of that that you've found that like the getting opportunities and getting paid is like eighty percent of the battle, right? Versus like you have to work with something that's really cool and you're passionate about, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we all find passion and connection in different ways, and. To your point, I find it in people that are completely lit up about whatever they're doing often, right? So it doesn't mean, and I'm not even just talking about people that I work with, but I mean, how many times do you go to like a party or a dinner and you get set next to someone and they are like kind of just telling you paint by numbers, like, hey, I'm a dentist and I did it because my dad wanted me to do it. I actually kind of hate it. Like that's a pretty boring conversation, right? That's not like a, like, that's not something you get behind. Conversely, you get, you get sat next to someone who's like literally telling you a story about how they've got this vision for the next generation of dentistry and they're totally lit up about it. And that's infectious, right? And, and if there's a vision there and something to connect to, I get excited about that. Now, and it's not just anything, but you know, I like, like, I like the things that I think are cool, right? And so I like things that are, you know, obviously, you know, outdoor and um, lifestyle. Um, but also, like, I really like tech. And we know we, we were talking earlier about Strava, right? I mean, that's a cool blend of, like, activity and, and technology and, and how that, like, can come together, right? Um, also, just, like, I'm really fascinated by the future. And so, you know, what what, what is quantum computing going to do for us? Like, what, why is that important? How, you know, all these different things. How is this other software company? How are, you know, weapons detection software companies going to find, you know, weapons and prevent the next terrible... Uh, shooting in, in in a school that that stuff's all really compelling to me, and the, and you can and, you know it's just kind of all over the place. But I don't think anyone listening is you know probably most people listening are like yeah that is kind of cool, right? So to me, but all the, the the thread that connected everything was each one of those companies had a, a visionary leader that was super excited that was able in some way to paint a bit of a vision. You know, one, one company I just worked with that might sound kind of funky was. And I guess funky is pun intended, is a technology company that's embedding antimicrobial um, technology into textiles, right? And it's kind of a, a tech um, slash textile play. And, you know, learned all sorts of things through that process that, you know, hey, all these antimicrobial things we see in our clothes that have like silver, you know, that silver is washing out and into our, our, um, in our water system and potentially leaching 
poisonous chemicals. And all of a sudden, like, this isn't just about an antimicrobial textile company. Like, I'm connecting with, like, how can we help uh, on a mission to, to improve you know, our overall health, you know, removing poisonous substances from our clothing and avoiding washing poisonous metals into our, our our watershed, right? So, you know, for me, it really is about connecting with with businesses that are that are trying to do fun things and and that are excited. And 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 if I can find that common thread, then certainly we can help them and find out what makes them special and talk about it and, and really highlight it. Yeah. What's the I mean I'd love to talk a little bit about the some of your your creative process with your clients because the hearing you go through like some of the details of like the clients you're working with and the things you're uncovering, like it was one of my favorite parts of running the running hot press for the 13 years I did, which which was going into all these businesses and you know, you kind of go into this discovery process and you're like, you know, tell me about your business, right? It was like it was almost like an unofficial MBA of like listening to businesses and having to sit in conference room and have them explain the business model, explain how they make money, explain why they're different, explain why they're going to change the world, you know, and it's like you have to learn about that and then bring structure to your craft. For us, that was websites and, you know, some performance marketing. Uh, I know you do a lot of brand identity, a lot of, you know, um, design assets, right? Whether it's websites or other, you know, uh, implementations of people's brand. Talk to me about that process because it's not like you're, you're, you're getting more specific on your market, but you still work in a somewhat broad space. Like it's each mm-hmm. of those that you mentioned is like a different and unique snowflake. They're, you can't totally. just be like, oh, here's theme forest and we'll pick this theme and oh, yep, we're on our way, right? I mean, you've got to, You've got to kind of strike at gold to some extent in that process. Yeah, and I feel like this is a bit of a leading question because you and I have <laughs> spoke about this at length offline. Um, but yeah, I mean the process doesn't change, so that that that's pretty stable. Um, and 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 like you said, uh, typically the the delivery or the outcome or the initial promise is is some sort of strategic document, you know, outlining you know either, you know a vision, a mission. Who's their target audience? You know things like uh, what's what's their kind of big idea, their brand idea, some sort of brand DNA, right? Now that can change, um, but more or less, it's there's some variation of of what is that brand DNA and how do we get that? You're absolutely right. It is a it's a discovery process. Um, you know, I always refer to them as inputs. We're like collecting a bunch of inputs. There's two ways I do that: either workshop, which is the old way, kind of pre-pandemic, we schedule time and go to a room and a lot of in-person sticky note action. Uh, but but more and more been going to actually more of like an ethnographic interview process. So go and interviewing internal and external stakeholders, talking to them quite a bit. Uh, like e- you- Ethnographic, that's a that's a big word for us. So what uh, <laughs> does it just mean interviewing different stakeholders or? Yeah, yeah. It just means interviewing different folks and focusing on, on, on different people. Um, you know, not not doing like a lot of data and research, but just um, having having conversations with with people about the business. Um, you know, I heard someone uh, today actually on a call. I can't take credit for this, but I loved it. She said that big ideas are going to always reside somewhere within the belly of the company of the stakeholders, uh, and it's just kind of our job to find it. And so, really, that's what what's what's happening. So, collecting a bunch of inputs, I like to go in very open, very empty. I try not to come in with a uh, preconceived notion of where this is going, which is really hard, you know. Um, and it also, 
creates more work because you know I'm not honing it or, or molding it through the process. Typical average interviews around nine to ten interviews, um, and I'm taking that and I'm listening for all those different things um, that we talked about. Uh, my processes: I I take notes. I've got a set of questions. I then take that to a mural board. Tons of you know, put that all in sticky notes. I start to bring it together and group it into themes and and, and different ideas and kind of see what emerges. And that's really you know, it's not just about surfacing insights and repeating those back to a client. But really, you know, taking that next step and connecting the dots between what's said, what's not said, and coming up with implications, right? And you know, so why does that matter? Okay, we 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 think this, we see this, we see that, for example, you know, Gen Z learns differently, right? Well, what's the implication to that? Like, why does that matter? Um, well, it matters because that's how we're going to go to market. We're going to we're going to go to market in, in a different way and 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 present you know a solution in a different way. So we we take that and we, we, we you know I take that and kind of put it all together. And then depending on the scope of work, you know, smaller companies typically smaller smaller scope, bigger companies bigger scope. Uh, and we bring and 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 also a bigger company just has more cats to herd, so that 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 documentation needs to be a little bit more robust and um, on point and, and serve different different departments and things like that. And uh, we usually deliver that in a in a presentation. That presentation is kind of like hey. These are the insights, these are the implications, and then this is what this means for your brand, right? So this is these are your brand truths. This is what you believe. This is what you stand for. Um, these are your reasons to believe. Why should anyone care? Uh, here's your here's your 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 onlyness and your 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 big brand idea, and then usually that is written into some sort of story or manifesto, which really turns the brand into a narrative. And 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 what I found is that you know. We all sort of understand brand differently. It kind of all gets to the same place, but as humans, some of us respond to narrative, some of us respond to visuals, some of us respond to like mission, vision, values, and and really, it's the amalgamation, right? It's the combination of those things when done well and sim- sim- simplified and elegant. That that's when the power of, of the communication and the brand comes through because we're really trying to communicate something. That's really the whole, the whole point, right? We're, we're really trying to help companies communicate both internally to their uh, to their uh, stakeholders, to their employees, to future employees, why they're great, why they should get on, you know, board with this mission. Um, and then, you know, externally to the market, why should anyone care, you know? Um, and, and I really do believe that people want to know who you are and and what you do and why you do it and um you know that's going to get people to believe in your in in what you're doing people don't you know stop you know start saying something to people and stop selling to people right and once we start saying things to people once we start connecting um that's when you know we really see our businesses and brands take off Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e the number two m solutions.com. All right, back to our show. So I feel like you've got a good the the process feels crisp. You know, I feel like it's it's like you got the inputs, you've got the the steps, 
But I, I feel like there's a lot of creative agencies out there and especially like small agencies where the the owner is like the still the doer, right? Where, you know, they they plan out their week like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to get to my marketing, I'm going to get to my sales, I'm going to get to all my stuff, you know? And then they're working on client work and it always takes longer. It always takes like more effort. It always kind of drains, you know, drains the tank more like how does that... um like nine to 10 interviews with a customer. I feel like that's like... That's nine to 10 hours. That's nine to 10 hours of being in a room with somebody. And then like, I don't know about you, but I have to go like, if I'm going to take notes and then it gets like make time to like make sense of that, right? Because people say yeah. a lot, like I, it's been a while since we've did, that I've done customer development for like a new program, but that's probably the closest experience I have is where I'll sit down with, you know, 10 or 20 customers and just kind of like, deep dive their business and then it's like i have all my notes and then i have to just kind of like hope hope that that spark comes you know and it doesn't always for me yeah i mean and you know it's it's sort of like six six and one or like pick your poison right like yes it's nine to ten hours but i can do them typically via zoom um i could stack my day versus you know the other way is like you got to go on site and do a workshop and and you know that's a whole week out of the office or, yeah. or something like that. So I've actually found it to be really uh impactful also when you do them one on one, you know, those people that might be more quiet like in a group setting are able to have, you know, be heard and those are usually the the people you want to listen to. The the, the 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 quietest people have the loudest voice, right? Like they they really are usually holding on to some because because usually you might go into an office and have five or six or seven or eight people in a room and like just to get people to warm up and participate might might be the first half of the day or whatever. Yeah, they're worried about what they're going to say in front of the CEO, right? And the CEO will stand up and be like. I want you to be honest and I want you to tell me, you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry about me. I'm not in the room, but we all know that like, that's like everyone cares, right? Like you can't remove that sort of judgment. And so I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying there's advantages to, to both. And I like doing both, but you know, there are ways that, that, you know, doing interviews can be more efficient. But anyways, to your point, yeah. I mean, I think that, look, I do like 90% of the work here, right? I don't do any design work. I don't do any ident you know, visual identity work, but all that strategy work, like I do the most of it. And I think for me, what's really been helpful is just to stop changing the process and continue to work the mm -hmm. same process so that I can find areas where I can just be more efficient. You know, and and where I can develop patterns, and and you and I, I have had um, conversations with this offline. So it, it, it's really like, where where do I need help? Right? Where where aren't things flowing for me and being efficient? And I'll, and I'll give an example, but I mean, even with the process, right? As a strategist, there's always this like, oh crap! Like every engagement I have is like, oh crap! Like, am I going to be able to figure out what makes this? company special? Mm. Am I going to be able to deliver something that's different, that is insightful, that's going to help them beat their competition? Because I want to be really clear, like, you know, there's there's all these companies out there that do logos and identities, and they just kind of give you an identity and you go out and you do your thing. But, you know, what, what I'm attempting to do, and a lot of strategists, I know I'm not the only one, I'm not special in the space, but it's it's not as common, is that like, I'm literally trying to give my clients an advantage in the marketplace. I'm trying to figure out what really makes them tick. What can they get behind? What can they believe in? What can connect them to their ideal customers? And who is that ideal customer? What gives them the best chance for survival? 
So this is like, there's some like big things at stake here, right? And and every time I go in, I'm like, I don't know if I've got what it takes to, to do this. And I don't know if you or your audience um, has ever seen something called the design squiggle, but I, I recommend go Google that. Uh, that's what the, that's what the, even though I have a process every single, you know, that I follow, it feels like that every single time. It's just this massive amount of chaos. Like my head hurts. I can't see the patterns. <laughs> I don't know how to make this work. I freak out. And then if I can bring myself to my desk and just start to like work through that resistance and put like something on paper and start to build out some ideas, it's a very nonlinear process, right? I might start with like, um, some competitive mapping, and then I might okay. Well, I understand what the the market looks like, and then I might start moving back into you know, sketching out a purpose or something, right? And I kind of move through these these elements in a very nonlinear way. It starts to clarify, and and then finally we get to this really nice, clear sort of presentation. But it never it never happens like 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 lightning in a bottle. It's always a bit of um, a slugfest. But I think that's what I like about it too, right? If it was easy, it'd be be kind of boring. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and giving an example, I mean, you and I have talked like, you know, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of like, okay, like after I get through that interview stage, like how do I take all this and make sense of it? You know, and, and I would sit and I would, I would, you know, go into, you know, my, my anxious spin outs and I'd freak out and then I'd, you know, be losing time on the deal, losing money, right? Cause time is money. And you know, very simple solution was to hire and, and find someone. And I've got someone that I work with right now that's great, who's also a strategist. And I just say, you know, we set a time on the calendar, which puts accountability on me, makes me have to get my at least first deliverable done. And we go through it. And then, you know, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I'm 100% better when I collaborate with someone. They open up these ideas and windows and doorways that that are just adjacent to me, like blind spots that I can't see. But as soon as they're open, it opens up the entire project, right? And so now that's a big just part of my process is I, I work with uh, uh, right now a guy named Christian and um, uh, we meet and super smart dude. And uh, he helps me uh, just kind of reflect back and, and make sure everything's tight and give suggestions. And um, he also has like a, a, a bit of a, a design background. And so I'll send him my deck, he'll tighten it up. And all of a sudden it all comes together and, you know, <laughs> Uh, no one's the clients none the wiser, right? Of how how hard it was. Well, that's dude, that's awesome. I I love hearing the behind the scenes stuff. I know I was I was I was trying to pull it out of you a little bit of of where that that creative mess is because uh, dude, I think a lot of our audience that's listening, I just I feel like it, it's 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 refreshing to hear because yeah. It's easy to fall into that. You know, you know, I've been running yeah. a lot, right? And we've been talking a lot about like sort of endurance metaphors, right? But it is a lot of like, just get started, one foot in front of the other. Even when you got a cramp or you're dead or you just don't feel it, keep moving forward, even if it's like real slow, right? Uh, and you're making progress forward. And then usually like in a big endurance race, like all of a sudden, you don't know why, but you feel better and you continue on, right? And then you're like, oh, I did it. And that was okay. And I just feel like the... Creative process is a lot like that. Mark, this has been an awesome episode, man. I appreciate you swinging by today. Do you have like 60 seconds to go through our lightning round very, very quickly? <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm, I'm never really prepared well for this one, but uh, let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? 
I would say uh, never leave fish to find fish. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Mm, like I started in the beginning, I'm always evolving. But right now, I'd say it's my commitment to running and, and uh, physical fitness. Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you think our listeners would find valuable? Oh my gosh. Well, I guess uh, two things. Uh, I use Notion every day and, and, and use it as my CRM and the way I manage my business and then my personal life. So I'm just loving Notion super, super much. And then right before this call, I updated my computer to the new OS and uh, I got a notification that I can use my phone as a webcam. And I started playing with it and it's so amazing. You want to see it? Look at this. Like, so I'm going to, you're going to um, like say, oh my gosh, like I've got like, I've got something on the desk. Oh my gosh, you want to see my, oh, uh, I can't believe I'm showing my desk, but. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, our, our audience can't see the, uh, the literal manifestation of your creative process uh, right in front. But isn't this but cool? And, that, I, and, I, and I could even be like, I could even be like, oh, here's like a brand identity we did. Look at that. I can like take you around my office. Hey, look. <laughs> I, I might ask you to come back to your microphone, Mark. So, uh, so the new iPhone update, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, the, the new, <laughs> the new Mac OS update. Uh, what book would you recommend? What book would I recommend? Oh, I got this great one right here. I've really been enjoying, um, this book called the art of looking sideways. It was recommended to me. It's just a big book of creative nothingness is, is how it's described. And it's just like, you know, if you're ever feeling blocked or you're just looking for inspiration, I just kind of open it up and and it just, uh, you know, is, is a great inspiration. So check that out. Um, the tip to find it, don't buy it on Amazon. It'll be like 300 bucks or something. Uh, just just Google it and then look for like a used bookstore. And then I think I got it for like 45 bucks or something like that. And it's a big, beautiful hardcover book. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Notion and have a note to get people to update their Mac OS. Uh, maybe we'll link out to an article <laughs> of how to use your iPhone as a webcam so you can show See, your clients easily impressed, easily more, impressed. more easily immersive excited. experiences. Uh, we'll link out to that as well as the art of looking sideways on our show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Mark, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, best place to really get a hold of me is at wildstory.com. Uh, see all sorts of work, but I'm also on the socials. I ebb and flow with my uh, commitment there. So, uh, we'll, you know, that, that we'll talk about that in the next episode. I'm hoping to ramp that back up, but um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, check me out. Uh, you can see me at Mark Gutman. I'm also got my more personal account at Guttyville on Instagram, where I just, uh, you know, pictures of running and food and, and whatnot and vacationing. And uh, yeah, and on LinkedIn, I'm Mark Gutman and uh, M-A-R-C-G-U-T-M-A-N. And please connect with me and would love just to, to start a conversation. We will link out to Wild Story, your Instagram and LinkedIn, so folks can professionally stalk you. And it sounds like maybe personally stalk you and see what see what you're up to. So we'll link out to all that good stuff at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're listening this week of, click on Mark's photo and you'll see lots of takeaways, nuggets, quotes and links for today's episode. Mark, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Again. Thanks so much for having me. And when I come back for my fifth time, I'd like to have my five timers jacket. That'd be great. <laughs> we will get somebody to work on that. Maybe possibly maybe like a five timers hoodie, maybe like a you know, five timer <laughs> hoodie would be better. Now, now that that could be achievable. So 
All right, folks, that is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. That's the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.